welcome to Regal's RightCast, where we share all things LIDAR. I'm Miranda Welke, Marketing Events Coordinator for Regal USA. This series features interviews with industry experts from around the world, innovative LIDAR applications, best practices, workflow advice, and even exciting news about hardware and software. The podcasts are produced by Regal at their North American headquarters, located in Central Florida, and available worldwide through our Regal newsroom on www.regal.com. Please visit our website to subscribe to the newsroom. Simply input your email address and click. It's that easy. The regal.com website is a great place to find detailed information on the many LiDAR scanning hardware, firmware, and software products that Regal provides, or request more information or a call from a Regal specialist. In today's RICAST episode, we sit down with Michael Sitar as he talks to us about the factors that can impact LiDAR target detection success. Learn how sensor specifications, target characteristics, and environmental conditions affect sensor parameter selection and mission planning. Please enjoy. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to RICAST, Regal USA's podcast platform for geospatial topics and technologies. Have you ever experienced dropouts in asphalt surfaces in your LiDAR datasets that were not an issue one day, but suddenly becomes an issue on another? Have you ever wondered why the ground wire in a power line corridor collection is visible in one span and gone in the next? Well, stay tuned. The topic we will be exploring today are factors that affect topographic LiDAR target detection success. What are they and how do they relate? To better understand the factors that can affect detection and range performance, it is important to first discuss the LiDAR equation itself. Well, what is the LiDAR equation? It is principally a mathematical relation that was first introduced in radar remote sensing and has since been adapted to airborne laser scanning. The main parameters involve the transmission of a narrow laser beam of known output power and beam width toward a ground target, whereby the reduction of power density associated with the spreading in the laser beam is measured. However, to obtain the total power intercepted by the target, the area of the target must also be considered. Some of the power is absorbed and the remainder is reflected or scattered. The scattered return power can then be measured by a receiver knowing the target reflectivity, target receiving area, and the receiver aperture diameter. Sensor and target parameters can subsequently be separated such that all target parameters can be combined into a single parameter, known as backscatter cross-section and whose characteristics are a function of target size, target reflectivity sensitive to the emitted wavelength, and directionality of beam scattering from the target. Often referred to as intensity, these values can provide spectral discrimination of unlike target properties that may be useful for additional classification purposes, whereby 3D morphological classification may not be sufficient. However, this is less the case when considering partial footprint returns from complex structures such as tree branches, power lines, and building edges. Unlike passive imaging sensors, LiDAR intensity is unaffected by changing illumination conditions for day-night use. But to be useful for classification purposes, intensity values should be normalized at a minimum for range to ground and target incident angle. Let's have a closer look at some of the target parameters and sensor variables that can impact backscatter cross-section results and therefore target detection success. Sensor variables include laser power, laser emission rates and the related power curve, 
beam divergent and its impact on ground footprint size and overall energy density. Target and environmental parameters include target reflectivity characteristics, target size relative to the beam footprint, range to target, beam elongation, atmospheric attenuation, and others. With respect to sensor variables, laser output power is the single most influential factor. More power equals more energy density to target and more range performance. However, laser power supplies are often of sufficient output power and of wavelengths not suitable for eye-safe operation without strict operational constraints. Depending on the configuration, they can have a large impact on eye-safe operable altitudes as they relate to minimum permissible exposure limits. When laser products are used, the nominal ocular hazard distance is a necessary calculation to enable the safe operational use of ALS sensors over populated areas. This is usually in the form of minimum flight altitude profiles for various laser settings. To enable lower flight altitudes, it is possible to reduce the laser output power and thus reduce the minimum NOHD flight altitudes and still perform eye-safe operations when using laser wavelengths that are damaging to the naked eye. However, it goes without saying that a lower laser output power will result in lower return power to the receiver. This is somewhat compensated by the lower range to ground, but it is a consideration nonetheless. In the past, LiDAR sensors were typically time-of-flight limited. They did not have the output power or emission rates that they do today. The sensors would track one pulse in the air at a time and wait for the return of the first emission prior to sending out the next pulse. They were also typically diode-pumped lasers that had peak and average power curves that dropped immediately as emission rates increased. This created a significant performance limitation whereby higher emission rates meant flying lower due to the reduction in time between successive shots. However, neither were lasers of the output frequency and power that demanded such capability. Shortly after the turn of the century, lasers were starting to be produced with much higher output power and increasing emission rates. A modern LiDAR sensor is no longer time-of-flight limited, but rather signal-to-noise limited, thereby increasing the operational envelope and resultant collection productivity. The introduction of fiber lasers with fixed pulse widths meant that range precision was now consistent regardless of pulse rate allowing same measurement quality across the entire laser operating range. The advent of multipulse technology to track more than one laser emission at a time before receiving the incoming first reflection was a key enabler to allow the expanded use of higher powered laser systems with higher emission rates at higher altitudes. Without this key capability, we would not be able to leverage the increases in laser performance we see today. Regal's development of multiple time-around processing provided the technology required to allow the successful tracking of more than one pulse in the air at a time. However, unlike the earlier diode-pumped brethren, fiber lasers have also enabled higher peak power outputs at increasingly higher rep rates before being range-limited by their average power profile. This translates to being able to fly projects with the same energy density at either low or high PRR until the average power curve kicks in. With respect to beam divergence and spot size, beam divergence is the angular measure at which the beam expands in the far field away from any focus of the beam. Usually expressed as a diameter in radians of 1 over e squared, the beam divergence value is a function of the laser collimator design that narrows the beam of light that's propagated from the laser source. The narrower the beam divergence, the smaller the beam footprint on ground, and therefore the higher the energy density on the target. The spot size on ground is therefore the radius of the divergence at that range. 
For improved target resolution at high emission rates, a smaller beam footprint is desired. Ideally, the point spacing is equal to the spot size. Assuming a matrix scan pattern, a 100% theoretical illumination of the ground is possible, enabling maximum coverage success. Target environment parameters. Target reflectivity is a critical consideration for overall detection success. Different materials respond differently to different emitted wavelengths. Therefore, a material spectral response curve is a good tool to understand overall target detectability relative to other materials for the wavelength selected. For example, fresh asphalt typically reflects poorly at one micron, whereas vegetation, sand, and snow are often much stronger reflectors. LiDAR sensors and their associated range performance profiles are dependent on accurate target reflectivity expectations on the job site. If users are planning to fly urban centers with lower reflective targets, then lower flight altitudes may be required to ensure adequate detection. LiDAR parameter planning tools sets such as Regal's RIE parameter software allow users to adjust the minimum target reflectivity values they are likely to encounter on location, such that the range performance profiles and flight plans provide a more reliable sensor parameter set and altitude for detection success. With respect to target size relative to the laser footprint, laser performance curves provided by manufacturers usually assume a full footprint interception of the beam on the target. If partial footprint returns are to be considered, then performance curves must necessarily be lower. Right parameter also allows surveyors to input target size diameters, which then adjusts range performance envelopes accordingly. This is extremely useful for power line mapping, where partial footprint returns are the norm and top wire detection is required. These tool sets can be used to dial in the sensor parameter profiles, improving detection success prior to field validation. Range to target. Since target detection is a responsive energy reflected, the range to target remains an important variable. Flying lower will always yield better results than flying higher, all other parameters being equal. Beam elongation. As scan angles radiate outwards from nadir, the range necessarily increases as well, resulting in an increased spot size, but also an elongated one with lower energy density. Beam elongation. As scan angles radiate outwards from nadir, the range necessarily increases as well, resulting in an increased spot size, but also an elongated one. For that reason, linear mode LiDAR systems with scanning mechanisms that support nadir and off-nadir look angles will always have maximum detection results at nadir. Atmospheric visibility is a term that describes the maximum horizontal distance that one can see objects through the atmosphere with the naked eye. It is often measured using a variometer to estimate an extinction coefficient and resultant visibility index for pilots and runway visual range. In the case of LiDAR range measurements, the optical properties of the medium through which a LiDAR beam propagates can significantly impact the detectability of ground targets. Particulates and water vapors in the atmosphere attenuate the laser power, resulting in an otherwise lower signal to the receiver, thus impacting overall range performance. Regal applies aviation-based standard extinction coefficients of LiDAR measurement ranges to be able to predict the impact of various visibility conditions on resultant detection performance during mission planning and LiDAR parameter selection. This is an important consideration in hazy, low-visibility conditions when trying to operate the upper limits of sensor range performance. If these conditions are not accounted for, it could result in laser dropouts on low-reflective targets. All of these factors and more, including surface roughness and aspect, can impact the success of a LiDAR collection program. However, as complex as it may sound, manufacturers have largely taken the guesswork out of such detailed planning considerations 
by providing tool sets that model their sensor performance limits under varying conditions. With limited in-situ knowledge of target size and reflectivity characteristics, atmospheric and environmental conditions, surveyors can now more reliably plan, collect, process, and deliver actionable data. So plan well and collect once. Take care, everyone, and thanks for listening in. Thank you again to Michael for that wonderful overview. I hope this was helpful information to all our listeners. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our RyeCast anywhere you listen to podcasts and the Regal Ultimate LiDAR webinar series through our international newsroom on www.regal.com. You, the Regal users, give us the best stories to tell. We always appreciate your suggestions, so please send us your ideas or comments to communications at regalusa.com. And as always, have an ultimate LiDAR day. Until next time, Miranda signing off.